0: Good morning. Welcome. Glad to see everybody here today. Uh... Glad to be back with you. We've uh, spent a week of vacation this past week and a uh, little R and R, uh, and it's good to have that t- opportunity. But it's also good to be back home with uh, with all of our CBC family here. So we we're glad to to see each of you today. Uh, welcome, welcome to our guests, especially. Uh, we're glad that you're here, and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship the Lord together today. Uh, let me remind everyone of the. Attend- Attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out, so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. We would certainly appreciate that. Just put your name, address, check the appropriate box, and if you would like to um, receive the uh, uh, email newsletter that we uh, that we send out every Thursday, um, uh, please put your email address on there. It's a good way to keep up with the activities going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of which, there are a few activities I'd like to call to your attention. Um, First of all, our upperclassmen will meet for lunch next week. That's our senior citizens group or anybody else who would like to come. We'll be meeting for lunch next Monday, not tomorrow, but next week. And will Jim be here? Okay, Jim Westmoreland will be here to entertain. Bless his heart, we've had to cancel, cancel on him the past two months in a row. So, by golly, we're going to meet next week. <laughs> so put that on your on your schedule, and, and we'll have a good time together. Uh, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship of Kentucky, uh, they have an annual meeting, or spring gathering meeting, and that is uh, this coming weekend. That will be at Radcliffe, uh, Kentucky. There's some information in your bulletin about that. And uh, several committees uh, committee meetings that are coming up, so just take note of, the, of those meetings and be in a... At the appropriate time, uh, place and appropriate time. So it's good to share this time of worship with you, and it's good to share this time of fellowship with you. And so let me uh, uh, invite you now to stand, and uh, let's greet each other in the name of the Lord and share the love of Christ with one another this morning. Amen. this morning to lift your name on high. We come once again to celebrate you, to celebrate your resurrection, and we welcome you, Jesus, into our lives. We welcome your resurrection, for it is life-changing, it is life-giving, it is life-sustaining. And we welcome the hope that it brings to our world. We welcome the joy that it brings to our darkness. We welcome the empty tomb, for we know that it means that You are on the loose. And Lord, we pray that Your resurrection will give life to those who feel lifeless, to those who are just going through the motions, to those who have their own griefs to deal with. Lord, may Your resurrection give hope to those who are bogged down in despair, who have given up all hope. We pray that Your resurrection will give joy to those who feel no joy, who've lost their joy or have had their joy snuffed out. Lord, we pray that You would be on the loose in this world as the Risen One. And we pray that we may catch the wind of Your Spirit and celebrate the goodness that is You. Amen. Amen.
1: can't have them kind of song before I got to speak, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, these,
2: <Thank> <laughs>
1: yes, I know that. I know that very well, very well. Uh, I'm going to speak about something you guys, okay? And, and I'm not going to sit down because I may start crying again. Uh, Do we see this thing over here? It's been up here for several weeks now. What is it? The cross. Okay, well, there's a Bible. Oh, you got a book, too. Okay, that's good. Also, over here, on this board here, do you, can, you, can you see what's here? Crosses? Yeah. Well, I know you, uh, that's fine. So you didn't see what I was pointing to. Once again, I'm going to show off. Some stuff, not because I'm a show off, because it means a lot to me, but I've showed you stuff in the past, okay? And what do you see in there? A cross, uh-huh. uh huh. We use that as a Bible board at home, okay? It stands up, and that's what our Bible sits on at home, okay? And then I got one down here. I'm bringing it out right.
2: Wow! Wow! What is that? Jesus loves
1: And what's it made into? A cross. A cross. That's pretty important, ain't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got one more in here. What is that? What about that? A cross. All these projects that I've done always had a story for but I'm not going to tell them all today, okay? I call this my world cross, okay? This is hung on the side of our door going out the back door. And to make this short of the story is the reason I call it my world cross is because I think we can take all people and put them together. And together we'll make a better world. So I've taken all different colored world, wood and all colored... The French, on your shirt. And I do have that too, okay? But this is at our back door. And that you brought up about the cross on my shirt. That has a story too, okay? I call this my perfect and perfect and perfect cross. And the reason I call it that is this. As you see, it's not cut perfect. <laughs> It's rough. It's
2: more like a baby tee.
1: Yeah, it is. But it always reminds me when I wear this that I'm not a perfect person. We all are not perfect people. I love Christmas. But my best time of year is Passover. Because what Jesus did for us, we go through. And praise the fact that there is resurrection. And that's what Brother Tim's going to talk about today. It's about life after death, okay? And we know when Jesus died on the cross, three days later, he rose from the dead. And with them words, we've been assured that as long as we do well and believe, we too will have life after death. And I want you all to take that with you, okay? There's always light. Yes, ma'am. No,
2: no I got to two things eight. Eight. you said. Okay. Well, me, my family pretty much eight feels eight down nine nine on Christmas too because my, my grandpa eight. died on Christmas. Okay. Uh, and then another thing, different... so uh, <laughs> on Friday, our school planted a tree.
1: I knew I was gonna lose this to him. I just knew it. Sure, sure. It's a good reminder, ain't it? And it's sad your grandpa died on Christmas. But so what a better time. He went with Jesus. Could be a much better time than that. I do have a prayer here. Can we bow our heads? Dear God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus and the sacrifice made. But most of all, the hope we have of life after death, that we may be with you in heaven. Amen. Thank you, guys. am I at today, okay?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: before I do the offering prayer, I would like to say a few things if I may and have a little bit of time. Uh, this Saturday, have you all seen in the bulletin for the last several months uh, the Tri-Fest 5 and 10K run? Uh, and the money for this supports Habitat for Humanity, which many of you know I'm somewhat of a participant with Habitat, and it's very much a meaning to me in my heart. Uh, I will tell you, and I, I want to say a few words about this, And because February we had a uh, appreciation dinner for all of our volunteers, and at that, uh, Brittany asked me if I would open the place with a prayer and i said most definitely but i said i would like to read a few words of reflections and if i'm made today i'd like to read them for you no worry guys i worked on this all day yesterday and i got it down to 30 minutes okay (laughs) just kidding Anyhow, one morning I was in the job site. And as I told the people there that day, you know, how you listen to the radio and your music and stuff. And I'm very much a country western fan. Anyhow, and on the way there, I heard this song by Randy Travis, which I've heard a hundred times. You all have too. It's called Three Wooden Crosses. And on that, his refrain says this. It's not what you take when you leave this world behind you. It's what you leave behind you when you go. And with that saying going, I also went and had to have a counter for 2018. And Roy Lesson of Coal Finer Day Springs was a counter. And on the back of that counter said this. Just think, you're here not by chance, but by God's choosing. His hand formed you and made you the person you are. He compares you to no one else. You are one of a kind. You lack nothing that His grace can't give you. He has allowed you to be here at this time in history to fulfill His special purpose for this generation. And last and not least, something that touches me very much. (laughs) These words come from Clive Rainey. I was going to ask God why He allows homelessness and poverty. But I didn't. Because I was afraid He was going to ask me the same thing. Can we pray? Loving God, you made us in your image and blessed us with wisdom, creativity, skill, compassion, and love. Give us sight to see your children in need, ability to hear your call to serve, and willingness to be your hands and feet. Grant us safety and protect us as we build your kingdom through building homes in our community. I ask you now to bless this offering so that it might give us strength to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God people said. Amen.
3: Scripture this morning is from Luke chapter twenty four verses thirty six through forty eight While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, "Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, see that it is I myself." "...touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have." And then he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, "...have you anything here to eat?" They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence." And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name, to all nations beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. This is the word of God.
2: Thanks be to God. <laughs>
0: you so much, Ann and Heather, and I am so glad that you can't keep from singing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your, your gift with us today. What a wonderful blessing. Eastertide. Who has ever heard of that word? Nah, nobody's owning up to it, huh? Eastertide.
2: <laughs> okay,
3: we got we got
0: a few folks back here. The liturgical church year is a beautiful compilation of special days and seasons that when knit together, they tell the story of God's work through Jesus and His disciples. And normally, we, we think of Easter as a day, a Sunday. We spend 40 days leading up to it throughout the season of Lent, and then, bam, Easter's here. Then it's gone. But Easter is not just a day. It is a season, Easter tide. It is a time between Easter Sunday and Pentecost, which is the day that we celebrate the coming of God's Holy Spirit. It's not just one day, it's a whole season that's dedicated to the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a time for drawing our attention to the resurrection appearances of Christ and the lessons that we can learn from those appearances. And so I think it's appropriate that we give Easter more than just one day. Because surely it took more than just one day for the disciples to wrap their heads around the phenomenon such as resurrection. It didn't come naturally to them right off the bat. And so today we find ourselves once again delving into the emotions and into the, the surprise that was felt by the disciples. As the realization of Christ's resurrection slowly began to sink into them in for them. As we talked a, a couple of weeks ago on Easter Sunday, it was a it was almost more than Jesus' disciples could process. They couldn't wrap their heads around what was going on. Their feeble minds just could not get a handle on Jesus' resurrection. And I'm sure that it would have been just as difficult for you or me. I mean, when Jesus was hung up on that cross, the disciples pretty much thought that their journey with Jesus was was over. They had seen Him crucified. They had watched as His body was laid out in a tomb. They watched as the stone was rolled into place to, to seal off the stench of his decaying dead body. But then on that Sunday morning, the disciples began hearing reports that he was alive. Now, because of the timing of Jesus' crucifixion and prohibitions against working on the Sabbath, which actually be- began at sundown on Friday that Good Friday when Jesus was crucified. Because of the timing of that, Jesus' burial was rushed. And the preparation of His body was incomplete. They couldn't get it done before sundown. And so some of the women came down to His tomb on Sunday morning to finish the process of anointing His body for burial. And when they got there, they discovered that the stone that covered His grave had been rolled away. And when they entered His tomb, they did not find Jesus' body there. Instead, they found two men in dazzling white clothing who asked them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how He told you, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And so the women went and became the first evangelists in Christian history by telling the disciples what they had seen and heard. But Luke tells us that the disciples did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Well, you know, they do seem like nonsense, don't they? Those words. It does seem like nonsense. These women were not to be believed. They, they, the disciples chalked it up to su- superstitious hysteria. But then, it happened to them. They were in the room together, and all of a sudden, the risen Christ was standing right there in the midst of them. And as you can imagine, it scared the bejeebers out of them. <laughs> And that's when Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? Look at my hands and my feet. It's me. And of course, the response of those disciples is is a sermon in itself. Because Luke tells us that they did not believe it because of joy and amazement. In other words, it was simply too wonderful to be true. He, is, he was alive and he was with them right there in their very midst. And yet, they still found it hard to believe what their eyes were actually seeing. This was beyond anything that had ever happened to them before. And, and so there was no wonder that they had a hard time believing it. They'd never seen anything like this before. And many people today still have that problem of believing in Jesus' resurrection. Many people want to believe, but something keeps holding them back. And so I want us to consider for a few moments this morning some possible reasons that Easter is hard for us to believe. Why do you think some of us have a problem believing that Jesus has risen from the grave? Well, first of all, I wonder if some of us have a hard time believing that God really loves us that much. Do you think some of us may have a problem believing that God really loves us that much? That God would send God's Son to this earth and suffer and die? And then be resurrected on our behalf. For some people, that kind of intimacy is just too uncomfortable. You know? Some, some of us are more comfortable with an impersonal God who set the world spinning and then just sat back to, to observe. They're uncomfortable with the notion that that God is personally invested in the lives of God's people. And, And the idea of a God who loves us so much that He has nail prints in His hands and feet, well, that's an idea that many of us are just not quite ready for. Barbara Brown Taylor says that Christianity is the only religion that confesses a God who suffers. It is not that popular an idea. Even among Christians, we prefer a God who prevents suffering. Only that is not the God we got. What the cross teaches us is that God's power is not the power to force human choices and end human pain. It is instead the power to pick up the shattered pieces and and make something holy out of them. Not from a distance, but right close up. My friends, when you think about it, this is a preposterous notion. That the creator of all the universe came down to this earth and suffered and died in order to say to us that no one on this earth is beyond God's love and concern. It's just crazy. No other religion in the ancient world ever made a claim like that. This was unheard of. As John Ortberg once said, no one ever wrote songs that says, Zeus loves me, this I know, for the Iliad tells me so. That would, just, that would have been absurd to the mindset of that day and time. And it's really kind of absurd to our mind today. In, in their mind, God was to be feared. God was to be obeyed. God was, be, was to be approached with, with trembling and with awe. And to think that, that God could be more loving than our own parents, that was beyond their ability to understand That is precisely the outrageous claim of our faith. So can you deal with that? Can you believe that God really cares for you that much? God does. William Willimon tells about visiting a man who only had a couple of days left to live. And so he asked the man whether he was afraid about what was coming. And to Willemans surprise, the man said, Fear? No. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And he said, I look back over my life and I look back at all of the mistakes that I've made and all of the times that I've turned away from God and, and I've gone my own way and I've strayed and I've gotten lost... And time and time again, God found a way to get me back, even when I wasn't looking to get back. And then he said, I don't think God's going to let a little thing like me dying get in the way of God's love for me. (laughs) Now that's a man who knew how much God loved him. Can you believe that God loves you that much? Well, that's one reason some people have a hard time believing in the resurrection. They just can't believe that, that God really loves them that much. And then there are others of us who have a hard time believing that life really does go on beyond the grave. I like the way uh, Dennis Marquardt explains it. He said, Most people have a hard time believing in the resurrection because it just seems too incredible. But think about this, he said. Only a couple of hundred years ago, if you told your great, 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 great grandfather that you could fly from New York City to Los Angeles in a little over five hours in a vehicle that weighed hundreds of thousands of pounds with 300 people on board in five, in, uh, five miles up in the sky, he would laugh in your face. He would not be able to believe that because... It had never been done before. And if you told that same relative from a couple of hundred years ago that humans would one day walk on the moon or that messages could be flashed from here to England or China in just a less than a second? Or that there would be this machine called a computer that could could do a billion math calculations in less than a second? He would not believe it. Sometimes I don't believe it.
2: Yeah.
0: But then I do. Because... Those are things that we kind of take for granted, don't we? Now, I know that some people say, no, we didn't. We never went to the moon. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but we take those things for granted. We've seen it. We've witnessed it. We've been on those, those airplanes. We've experienced those kinds of things in our lives. And someday, when we are resurrected with Jesus... I hope that we will see how foolish we were to have doubted that life really does go on beyond the grave. Sometimes we can be like those twin boys who were conceived in the same womb. Weeks passed as the twins developed and as their awareness grew, they laughed for joy. Isn't it great that we were conceived? Isn't it great to be alive? They said to one another, and and together they explored their limited world and, and when they found their their mother's cord which gave them life, they sang for joy. How great is our mother's lo- love that she would share her own life with us. And then as as weeks stretched into months, the twins noticed how much they were changing as they developed in the womb. And they wondered, what does it all mean, one of them asked? And the other one said, well, it means that our stay in this world is drawing to an end. And the other one said, but I don't want to go. I want to stay here forever. And, and the other one said, we have no choice, but maybe there's a life after birth. <laughs> But how can there be, responded the first twin. We will shed our life cord, and, and how is life possible without that? Besides, we've seen evidence that others have been here before, and none of them have returned to tell us that there is a life after birth. Now this is it, he said. And so the one fell into deep despair, saying, If conception ends in birth, what's the purpose of life in a womb? It's meaningless, and maybe there is no mother after all. But there has to be protested the other one. How else did we get here? How do we remain alive? Have you ever seen our mother, said the one? Maybe she lives only in our minds. Maybe we made her up because the idea makes us feel better. And so the last days in the womb were filled with deep questioning and fear. And then finally, the time of birth arrived. And when the twins had passed from their world, they opened their eyes and cried for joy. For what they saw exceeded their fondest dreams. What a beautiful analogy of what awaits us when we pass from this world to the next. Yeah, Some of us have a hard time accepting that God loves us that much. And some some of us have a hard time accepting the reality that life really does go on after the grave. But more significantly... I wonder how many of us simply don't want to deal with the implications of those two truths. let's, Let's assume for just a moment that what I have said really is true. That there really is a God who loves us without reservation. And that life really does go on beyond the the grave. Let's assume that those two things are true. And if those two things really are true, then what does that mean for our lives right here and right now? Theologian Wolfhart Pannenberg once said, "...the evidence for Jesus' resurrection is so strong that no one would question it except for two things." First of all, it was a very unusual event. And secondly, if you believed it actually happened, you would have to change the way you live your life. Did you hear that? If you believe that the resurrection really happened, you would have to change the way you live your life. Well, folks, that's exactly what happened in the lives of those first disciples. Their lives were changed in a matter of days or or a few weeks after their encounters with the risen Christ. They changed from being frightened, uncertain followers of a dead Messiah to become apostles of great courage and and self-giving. They changed from shaking in their boots in fear in some corner of a, of a hidden room to boldly proclaiming, even to the powers that be, that Christ is risen. So how about you? Has the reality of Jesus' resurrection made a difference in your life? I hope so. As a teenager, Johnny Erickson Tata enjoyed riding horses and hiking and tennis and swimming. But on July the 30th, 1967, she dove into the Chesapeake Bay, misjudged the shallowness of the water, broke her neck, and immediately became a quadriplegic. During her two years of physical rehabilitation, she experienced a whole gamut of emotions anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and religious doubts. But then one day she experienced an unexplainable experience. She experienced the presence of the risen Christ in her life. A presence that gave her much comfort and peace. And it was a presence that enabled her to endure the difficulties that she faced for the rest of her life. But even then, there were times when she caught herself envying people who could do things that she could not do. Even things like kneeling to pray, she couldn't do that. And then a glorious thought occurred to her. She she thought to herself that in heaven, she will receive a new body. Paul promised us that, that we will have a new body in heaven, and, and that will include new legs. And the first thing that she will do with her new legs is to drop to her new glorified knees, And worship the Lord. As as many of you know, if you know her story, this experience with Christ turned Johnny Erickson Tata's life into a a beautiful witness of, of God's mercy and grace. It changed her. It made this weak, quadriplegic,
2: powerful.
0: Have you encountered the risen Christ in your life experience? Has it caused you to take your walk with Christ more seriously? Has it it had some effect on the goals that you have set for your life and on the way that you live your life and, and give of yourself? My friends, those who have seen the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ... Those who who live their lives in the light of eternity instead of just here and now never run out of purpose for living. You see, God really does love us that much. And life really does go on beyond the tomb. So the only question is this What's your response to those two truths? How is your life changed? Because God loves you that much. And life really does go on. How has that changed your life? Because of those truths. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn. uh, One that's very appropriate as we think about what Christ has done. as we think about the love of God as we think about the resurrection of of Jesus Christ and our own resurrection as well. We think about this cross. And on that cross, Jesus paid it all. Paul tells us that, that this is love, that one would lay down his life for friends. He also says that God demonstrated God's love for us in that Christ was crucified. Christ died for us. Jesus paid it all. You know what? He did that because we have a God who loves us that much. Let's think about that as we sing our closing hymn, Jesus paid it all. Please be seated for just one moment. we got a little bit to take care of uh, today, and it's a joyous thing that we need to take care of today. You know these people standing here next to me. Uh, Most of you do. This is Lisa and Brianna Cox, and uh, they have come... Uh, to unite with our fellowship with our community of faith today and to officially join us. They've been hanging around here for a little while and we've already experienced a lot of their their gifts that they have to offer to uh to God here at Community Baptist Church and we are grateful for them. And we are grateful that they are coming to, to make it official and to be, to be officially members of our congregation. And so let me ask you uh, to join me in welcoming them to our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen.
2: Even, even a "woohoo!" You
0: know, I've never gotten one of those in one of my sermons. <laughs> Oh, are you uh, next week. I'll be looking for that next week.
2: <laughs>
0: um. I think some people are excited for you for you uh, to be a part of our our fellowship and we all are excited for you to be a part of our fellowship you have probably heard me say it before every member member of this church is a minister of God we all are and that's that's one thing I think makes community Baptist Church a special place because um, we are family here and we take care of each other as family as brothers and sisters we're supposed to do this. At. and I think we do we're not perfect but we we make that effort and we also make the effort to reach out to the people in this neighborhood and in our community uh, to minister to them and that's what I mean that we are all ministers of God and so we look forward in the days ahead to the ministry that we have for you and for the ministry that you have for each of us and with to this world as well as we find your place in our community of faith. Uh, I know you'll want to uh, share your joy, your woohoo's and hugs and handshakes uh, with, with Brianna and with Lisa. And uh, we invite you to do that. Let us stand for our benediction. Oh God, we have worshiped together and we have celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we go out then. We go out as witnesses of these things. Testify that Christ has been raised and that we have been raised with Him. Trust in the Lord in all things. Proclaim God's forgiveness and healing to all. And may God raise you from death to life and from brokenness to wholeness. And may the Holy Spirit give your heart joy. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.